everybody. Thanks for watching Soap Notes. Nava Health is hosting this podcast to bring you conversations and analysis around some of the biggest topics in senior care with me, Dr. Jay Labine. Welcome everybody to another episode of Soap Notes. Uh, I'm Jay Labine. I'm the Chief Medical Officer of Nava Health, and I'm very pleased and honored to have Q Ree, the Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer of Aetna Health, uh, or CVS Health Aetna. Welcome, uh, Q. Thank you so much, Shay. Thank you for having me. So where are you zooming in from today? I'm zooming in from Needham, Massachusetts. So uh, yeah, a little cold. That's excellent. I'm in the basement of my home. So yeah, <laughs> like everybody, we're all working. We're still working from home. Um, you know, Nava Health has been dedicated to improving the healthcare experience for seniors. We would love if you could just share a little bit about an important senior or older adult in your life. I'd say my mom, um, she's living alone now and I reflect on my father and um, he recently passed away right before the pandemic. And um, so I, I think about my mom and my dad before he passed and, and the important role they played for my brother and I throughout their whole lives and how important they were um, in our growth and development as immigrants in this country. Um, I often think that the work I do now is a combination of what my mom and dad did. I remember stories of my mom um, as a nurse um, mm -hmm. in suburban hospital in the DC area. And my father worked for the World Bank as an economist. Mm -hmm. And um, we still talk about those stories and um, uh, enjoy watching pro football still. So I know my dad's watching yeah on uh, upon us now and I uh, love um, checking on my mom and they're amazing um, role models for me and my brother, William. Yeah, that's awesome that you have, you know, that kind of a relationship. And, and I'll just tell you this, like my dad and I love going to pro football games. And that's one of the things that keeps our relationship energized. So we have that in common. Well, well, Q, so you're a recognized expert in health equity, and that's the topic that we're going to explore today. And I really appreciate you being able to share your expertise. Your background is impressive, everything from a primary care physician to a scholar to now SVP and chief medical officer of CVS Health. So as we kind of explore health equity, we know that the pandemic re-expose things that we had already known, that there are healthcare disparities. Could you help us understand, first of all, what do we mean by health equity and then kind of your experience in um, advancing health equity? Yeah, so throughout my career, I've had the good fortune as a primary care physician, as you mentioned, as a um, community-based uh, leader, and then at, at, a, at a federal level, in as a public servant working at um, two federal agencies, NIH and HRSA, and then most recently at IBM at a global level mm -hmm. in t health tech, um, and then now at CVS Health, I've had mm -hmm. the, the real good fortune to be thinking about issues of health and healthcare, and then the importance of health equity. Uh, put simply, health equity is about a population that really um, is in need, that isn't mm -hmm. getting the care um, or the outcomes that, that, that we would expect um, with a health system like the US. Its ability to deliver 
and how much we spend on it. And so whether you're defined by uh, racial or ethnic minorities, whether you're defined by um, being in a rural community, whether you're defined by um, gender identity or sexual orientation or people with disabilities or veterans, we know one in three to one in four Americans suffer from health disparities. Yeah. And our efforts in health equity are to bring the health of that population to the level we know we can achieve because other populations are achieving it. Yeah. So very proud about the opportunities that we've had to, I've had to address this. And of course, now in this pandemic, it's really extraordinary to see the role that CVS Health is playing in addressing topics like vaccine equity yeah. uh, and so many other areas. And um, our mission is to bring health or our heart to every moment of your health. And I believe we bring equity to every moment of our health or your health. And that's our commitment. You know, that's a great way to put it. I, I remember when I first um, learned about healthcare disparities, my first impression was to deny it as a practicing surgeon. I wanted to say, well, no way. I am treating everyone the same. But in fact, I think we've come a long way, Q, in just recognizing and making um, both the healthcare community and the population at large more aware of these issues of health disparities and health equity. Would you say that? I believe so. I think we still have a long way to go. Um, the reality is we didn't get here easily. It, it's taken decades and even centuries to get to where we are. Um, part of the challenge is that systemic racism, discrimination, a lack of data, and as you stated, at, at times, um, different behaviors we've had, denial, yeah. uh, ignorance, have played a big role to why we're here. I do think this pandemic, and as we see the impact it has for those health disparity communities, has brought a, a bright light onto, mm -hmm. onto this opportunity. And I like to say that in healthcare, we often talk about value-based care. I think this pandemic is highlighting our opportunity to deliver values-based care. Yeah. And my hope, um, and I know our hope at CVS Health, is that we will use values to define how the health system should become. And a value of health equity, the value of prevention, the value of resiliency and mental health, the value of access and convenience, the value of team and trust, mm -hmm. those are values we need to make sure our health and healthcare system deliver. And we've got this opportunity, but it will likely take us decades to yeah. get to true health equity, but um, it'll take all of us to work on it. You know, I love the way you put that as, you know, the values-based healthcare, because in many ways, the, the bringing awareness to this issue is, start, is the first part of the path to addressing it. Um, we know the research has been out there now for um, over a decade on the disparities in outcomes. Um, but it's been a challenge, right, to, to impact the, that disparity in outcome. What lessons do you think we've learned in, in the time that we've gotten more research and more awareness to the, to the problem of disparities? What lessons do you think we've learned that we can take into the, to the next phase of this? So there's, there's one way I like to frame it, and you're exactly right, Jay. It's knowing is not enough. You must mm -hmm. act. And, and, yeah. and, and part of action requires, you know, will, 
and 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 expectations and and measurement i would suggest so mm -hmm. as i think about this opportunity especially that's been accelerated with the pandemic where we've seen the speed of science accelerate normally it would take seven years from discovery to delivery and we look at um how science has accelerated with things like vaccinations and and, and the COVID 19 mm -hmm. vaccine um i'm a big believer that we could leverage what i call the term tequity how okay. do we use technology to promote health equity Nice. And recently published in uh, the Journal of Healthcare for the Poor and Underserved in the May uh, issue of this year with a number of my colleagues at IBM as well as at Harvard. And basically, it has four key components. And I think we're learning these lessons during this pandemic. Number one, you need a diverse workforce. Uh, number two, you need data trust. Number three, you need equity dashboards. And number four, you need transparent, equitable, and ethical AI. Now I'm gonna go into each briefly. Okay. Look, in, in health and healthcare and technology, we know that our workforces are not as diverse as they could and should be. We know yeah. they do not represent the populations they serve. We, minority health in this country is becoming majority health by 2042. So we have a responsibility to make sure that the data scientists, the healthcare workforce represents the people we serve. At CVS Health, I'm very proud of the fact that 40% of our pharmacists are minorities. 50% of our pharmacy technicians are minorities. Mm -hmm. Our staff across the country are incredibly diverse. And so you need to represent the people you serve in order to serve them. And yeah. so I think this plays a big role in why we vaccinated over 50 million vaccinations and over mm -hmm. 40 million COVID tests because of that trust. So you need a diverse workforce. Yeah. Number two, you need to collect data. The areas that I referenced earlier, whether it's race, ethnicity, country of origin, uh, people with disabilities, uh, sexual orientation, uh, this uh, gender identity, that data needs to be collected in a trusted way so that you can then track the disparities that exist and close them and do the third part, which is equity dashboards. At the turn of the century, it was known as crossing the quality chasm. It identified mm -hmm. the fact that we have a quality problem in America. It yep. identified the fact that we needed our healthcare system to be steep, safe, timely, effective, efficient, and patient-centered. And equitable was one of the letters that was right. forgotten. It was, yeah. in my mind, the Rodney Dangerfield of the healthcare quality measures there. And mm -hmm. it has to come to light and it has to be addressed. And so, Equity dashboards can give us clarity that there are disparities in readmission rates between blacks yeah. and whites, yeah. in COVID vaccination rates. And we have a responsibility to close that gap. And part of value-based care needs to include equity as a measure that we expect those relationships to deliver. So equity dashboards is important. And I also think the last category, and we use equity dashboards, we were the first National mm -hmm. Health to collect race ethnicity data in 2000, 2001, too. And mm -hmm. uh, we were actually told um, our CEO at the time, uh, Dr. Jack Rowe, who said it, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal, was asked, well, isn't it racist to collect race ethnicity data? He said, it's racist <laughs> not to collect it. That's right. Yeah. And if we don't Great collect answer. it, we can address the disparities. So right. um, the last piece is AI and the role of AI. And there's no question AI is all around us. I, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, I would always say winter is coming. And I learned this at IBM. Yep. We're always these AI winters, you know, in the yeah. 60s, the 80s, the 90s. Yeah. 
AI is here to stay. It is not, there is not going to be an AI winter anymore. So whether it's data scientists, machine learning algorithms, we have nearly a thousand data scientists at CVS Health that are committed to thinking about equitable, transparent, and ethical AI as it is applied to what we call programs like our next best action program to nudge yeah. people to the right behaviors, whether it's a provider, a member, a client. And so once again, we need these four components um, mm -hmm. to deliver equity for our society. Diversity of our workforce, data trust, equity dashboards, and equitable, transparent, and ethical AI. You know, that's a fantastic summary. And I'm, I'm so glad that you referenced your article because I think that our audience will be able to then go there to have even more in-depth um, understanding of Techquity, which I, I love that term. And frankly, Q, the, we always know in medicine that what you're measured on is what you're going to like focus your activities and attention on. And if you're not being measured on that or evaluated on that, then it's not going to get you know, impacted. So the fact that you put measurement and dashboards up into the fore, I think is brilliant. So thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, just to wrap this up, I know you mentioned a lot with CVS, but I know that you at CVS also just hired a new health equity, uh, like chief medical officer. Maybe you could just explain a little bit about that uh, for a wrap up. Yeah, we're so excited to um, have a chief health equity officer, Dr. Janae Caldoun. I, I, I want to highlight that CVS yeah. has been committed to health equity uh, since its beginning in 1950 and Aetna mm -hmm. since 1850. Yeah. Um, but this, this opportunity that we have in this moment is um, with Dr. Caldoun's um, leadership and her team and her expertise, we're excited to be looking enterprise-wide in ways in which we're already delivering and achieving health equity. But as I stated earlier, when you think about um, CVS Health likely touches about one in two, one in three Americans. Yeah. And we know disparities exist in the communities that we serve. We know that 70% of Americans are within three miles of a CVS and 85% of Americans are within 10 miles. Yeah. We know we can do more and we will do more. And so our commitment isn't, is having this role and expectation, but as we're determining, having clear measures of success, having an aligned message, and having actions that are delivered. And we believe equity isn't something that's a side program. It should be part of anything and everything we do. Yeah. Well, that's an inspiration to us at NAVA Health and a lot of the other healthcare organizations that we work with. And Thank you, Q, so much for uh, participating in this episode. It, it was fabulous, and I, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Soap Notes. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud to stay up to date with our latest episodes.